I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And first and foremost, I have to thank all the people who came out to Springfest last weekend. We had over 700 people, and we raised over $7,000. And that money is going directly to JDRF in hopes to one day put an end to juvenile diabetes. For all of you who came out, I know you had a blast like I did, and I can't wait to see you again next year. Also, if you're a fan of this show, you've probably realized how inconsistent I am. So I ask you, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. If you do, you will get notifications each and every time an episode drops. My guest today is an environmentalist and filmmaker. His name is Jason Howell, and he does amazing work in the Pinelands. We talk all about the work he does there, but that's not all. He also talks about some very serious issues that might affect us directly here in Hamilton. You're definitely going to want to hear about it and maybe even do something about it. So stick around for that and I'll give you a little hint. It has to do with your waste. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend, Jason Howell. listening to the pillars of hamilton that's with me sam Sattels, and you want to know what i'm gonna give them only the finest that hamilton has to offer the biggest blueberries you've ever seen baby and they're all here right now jason i was already pumped to have you on my show but uh actually like three minutes before you got here i got double pumped because uh I got very stoked because I actually got good words about you from a person who will never be on my show. He'll never do it, but I'm a big fan of his regardless. And I'm talking about the great, powerful Kevin Hustarelli. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's, You're familiar. Oh, Kevin's an outdoor or outdoorsman of uh, all time. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin is an expert Pinelands master of, of various... Uh, you know, you calling him a Pinelands master. I would definitely say that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he took me through a little tour of the woods. He took my family. We saw the, uh, maybe you know where this is. It's, I've never seen anything like it before. It is a, a, a tree that is called like, I want to say the television tree. I'm familiar. You know what I'm talking Near about? Martha, Martha village. Yeah. Yeah. It has like it. It's like almost like a perfect rectangle, rectangle carved out or just kind of shaped out of this tree. Yeah, that's a cool site. And and you know, right right by that, um, Bud Wilson had excavated Martha Furnace, which was an old iron furnace back there from the eighteen hundreds. He excavated it and then he actually buried it again. So you could, you could go out there and there used to there used to be an iron furnace and he he dug it up. And then buried it again because people were taking the bricks and whatnot from the furnace. So just to save it for posterity, they reburied it. Just so people don't take it. Just so people didn't take any more bricks and, and such from it. Yeah. And artifacts and whatnot. Yeah. We, we saw. He, he took us all around and checked all that out. Um, I definitely want to talk about those areas. But uh, first, I want, to, I want to get to know you. All I know about you really is that Yvette uh, uh, nominated you for my show. And if Yvette nominate someone i know they're doing great things for the world whether it be people or nature uh and i also know that you're making you made a film or or is it finished yeah so it's going to be it's going to be an evolving project but i'm going to start doing showings so you know with the the magic of non-linear editing 
I never have to finish it. <laughs> Which for my personality is actually really a good thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start doing showings. And I'll definitely do one in Hampton. Maybe, you know, I'll talk to the Eagle Theater. Um, but it's, it's a non-narrative film. Most people probably haven't heard that term. Um, but uh, Baraka is like a really good example of a non-narrative film. It's the best non-narrative film. And it, what that means is there's no language, there's no, there's no speaking, there's no words. It's just images, <laughs> music, and then soundscapes. It's funny because like when you sent me the trailer, I was thinking, all right, let's get some information about this. <laughs> and I'm seeing these beautiful, I'm like, how did he get that shot? And holy cow, you got that animal doing that? And I was just like, but what is this about? <laughs> I don't yeah. know what, 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 what is this about. And that, that's actually my intention. Because what I'm trying to do is rec recreate those experiences in nature. And I'm not going to give you any guidance on what that is, what's happening, what the species is. But if you're so inclined, at the end of the movie, there's a, there's a species list. So for people that want to, they can, and, it's, and it's in order, they can reference. They can say, okay, what flower was that? They can go and, and, and reference exactly what, the, what that was, look it up, look the info up, and then they can go and try to find it in, in the nature. So what I'm trying to do is not tell people what to think about something, but just to give them an experience to make them want to go and see it for themselves. How are they going to know at the end? Like, say there's a shot. I mean, you're I, just in the trailer. I mean, I saw like 15, 20 different things. Like yeah. after watching a full documentary or or. What'd you call it? A, a it's a it's it is a documentary. It's a non-narrative documentary film. Right. So for this non-narrative documentary film, like how are they going to know at the end, like what part they were trying to figure out earlier? If that makes sense. Yeah, it'll be pretty hard at a live showing, but once it's fully online, you could just mm. just scroll to the end, and it's in order. It's species list in order. What made you want to do this? So. One of the, the real challenges about a place called the Pine Barrens and then also simultaneously called the Pine Lands is, is it's, it's kind of a hard to access place both physically and mentally. So most, most people from the state of New Jersey, they don't really know what the Pine Barrens is. They've probably heard the, the words, they've seen pine trees. They're like, okay, I guess the Pine Barrens I think pine I trees. fall under that category. So that's, a, so that's a good example. So I'm a little more familiar. So what I can do, and I'm, I know how to do video. So what I can do is I can go into these places that most people don't go into, don't know how to get to, don't know where they are, wouldn't know where to begin. I can go there. I can get footage. I can bring it back to the outside world. I can say, look at this. This, this is why you should care about this place. And maybe you can go and find these places too if you're so inclined. When you go in there and you're not filming, like, what are you doing? I mean, it doesn't look like there's a lot of trails in those shots that I saw. It looked like you were just going through the forest, you know? Yeah, so I'm making a real conscious choice to mostly focus on the nature, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of old um, wagon roads. There's a, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of hiking trails. Not like you'd see in national parks where it's all mapped out and laid out for you, but there, once you get into it, there's a lot of ways you can get out there. It's just a matter of having the comfort to do it, the self-confidence to be able to go Are not you worry about Were it. you trained growing up like in, in, in survival and, and things like that? 
Like, were you in Boy Scouts? Did you have a, a, a dad I, who did these things? I didn't do any of the, the, the formal stuff, but yeah, my, my family was real comfortable in nature. And uh, I'm even like more so because I really like delved in, dived into it. But um, yeah, I, I grew up with a healthy respect for the, for the place. And Hamilton, Hamilton is in the Pine Barrens. Hamilton is as much a part of the Pine Barrens as anything in that film. So, you know, that's kind of like an interesting, you know, uh, thought process because a lot of people probably today wouldn't think of it. But if you look at photos 50 years ago, 100 years ago at Hamilton, it was as a piney as, of a place as, as Chatsworth. Uh, how, much of, uh, how, how much does the Pine Lands encompass? Yeah, so, so the Pine Barrens is, is approximately like 1.5 million acres, maybe a little more than that because there's a lot of outliers. Like it goes up. Even to Lakewood, there's Pine Barrens ecosystem, right? And then down into Cape May and out towards, um, you know, even, even um, you know, par parts of Camden County, um, pretty far out, even, even into, like, where Trump's golf course is. Out there, that's still Pine Barrens in Clemington. Um, so it's a pretty big area. The, the politically protected area where you need a permit to build something that's that's 1.1 million acres, and Hamilton, you know, is almost dead center in the middle. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I hope you don't mind me. I like going and finding out about people. Like, how how did this all start? Like, what got you into going into nature? And and it's obviously something you're very passionate about. Yeah, you know, I I grew up on the outskirts of Hamilton, you know, both in in town and then out of town, we moved around a lot. So, so I got to experience both the town, which is great, and then outside of town, which is the, the forest and the farms and, and whatnot. And, you know, uh, my grandparents and great grandparents, they had a blueberry farm on my mother's side and, and on my dad's side, um, they had a store in town. So, you know, I'm kind of an amalgamation. They had a store here in Hamilton? Way back in, in, you know, say like the 1920s, oh, that, 1930s, that, that area. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm like an amalgamation. Of those two different cultures. Say that word again. Amalgamation. What is that new word I'm using? <laughs> yeah, I think it's from metallurgy, you know, when you combine two metals into one. Amalgamation. Into one. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a, a word from the future or something. Well uh, played. Future, you know, a, you know, a metallurgy <laughs> book that I read 10 years ago. One of those. Yeah, one sure. Those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so family from 1920s and here you are. Yeah. So, so what, so what I do, um, for a living is, is I am, uh, they call me the public lands advocate at the, this Pine is what lands you do for a living. This isn't just lines. a hobby. I thought this was your hobby. It's my job. Well, it's also my hobby, but it's awesome. But it's my job. Yeah. It's cool. You're doing something you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 ha I'm, I'm happy, uh, you know, in, in, in this, I mean, I'm you'd at. be doing it anyway. It seems like. I would be, but it's a lot harder if you're not getting paid for it. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Under weekends when you got, you have kids too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. that would be difficult. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you were working on the farms, and or not working, but when you were living on the farms, were you going out into the woods? So, yeah, I mean, my treks as a kid were, were pretty limited, but they felt... You know, like I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like if I look back on it now, I was probably 20 feet out into the to the woods. Oh, but. dude. I, I used to go into the creek, into the woods in my neighborhoods. And my best friend and I will get together now. Like, I mean, we did this decades ago. And we'll go to these spots that back in the day, it was like these places were our places and we own the woods. But like I go now and I'm like, 
it's like just like three little small, you know, some some rocks we can skip across the lake, you know, maybe a little thing over here, a little treehouse. But to us, it was like a mansion of the forest. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the cool things about the Pine Barrens is you can still have that feeling today for real, you know, as an adult, if you go into Wharton State Forest and you, you know, you could drive your car and then and then hike or take a bike and you won't hear a sound except the wind and the birds or whatever else. And you won't even know if a person has even been there before. That's how that's how isolated you can perceive to be out in the middle of, say, Wharton State Forest or Bass River State Forest or even Makepeace Wildlife Management Area right, right down the road. Wow. What actually got you started? So you already had a love for the outdoors. Uh, what got you started in actually making a career out of this? Yeah, so I, I really started off in film and video. That's that's where I was starting, and then Pinelands Preservation Alliance, who is a nonprofit, and they're my they're my employer today. Who is that? Uh, Pinelands Preservation Alliance. Okay, and uh, that's a board member. So that's how she knows. That's how we know each other. Oh, okay. Um, Shout so, out to you, Yvette. <laughs> Shout out. We miss you. Um, so they needed somebody to do videos and do some, you know, grassroots advocacy and that kind of thing. And I just fit the bill. I, I, I signed on, and, and uh, that was in 2015, and I'm, I'm still doing it. Yeah, when I was looking at that trailer, I didn't realize it was you who actually did those shots. I was like, huh, I wonder who's got working for him. Like, you know, it's really good, man. I'm assuming you own a drone. Sure. Yeah, I have my own video video kit, everything I need to, to make. Those them. shots, man. Yeah, once, you know, the technology is amazing. I mean, 20 years ago, you'd have to spend on. Believable what, like a money. helicopter, right? Like you sure. need a helicopter. Oh, yeah. But today you can have a, a handheld helicopter as long as you know basically how to, how to use how it. How good are you with that thing? I'm I'm pretty good with it. I wouldn't I wouldn't fly it in here, but you know, a little, <laughs> a little bit of a Not in the space. shed. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, the way you shoot it though, it's just like it, it just looks like one smooth it looks like it it like any helicopter shot in a movie, you know? Let's just say many hours of video games eventually, <laughs> eventually came in handy. Yes, sir. So I, I'm still trying to find out what all my gaming's been about, but I'll get there too one day. It paid off, at least at least in that respect. Yeah, so. yeah. So what kind of uh, training did you get? How are you so good? Practice. You don't, you're not trained. I'm not trained. I trained myself. Practice. YouTube. YouTube's great. You know, other yeah. than that, just YouTube doing it. Great, right? Just doing it and, and failing and doing it again. And when when you applied for this job, you were like, yeah, not trained. I'm just. Well, once you become good at something, it speaks for itself. Mm. I can I can show a film, a trailer, a reel. There's no question. You know, it's it's better than any piece of paper. Yeah. You know, so if you're good at something, if you have a skill, I, I think it's easy to show. And look at that. You got your two passions wrapped up into one career. Yeah. Yeah, working out, working out all right for the for the time being, at least. So. Yeah. So when you're not filming, what is it you're doing in the Pinelands? So it it depends. Um, today I, w I was just you know assisting on a on a research project, um, getting people in, getting people out, and uh, giving them food and tools and things like that. Who are these people? Uh, Joanna Bu Rucker, uh, Joanna Berger from Rutgers, Bob Zappalorti from Herpetella. 
herpetological associates, um, and they've been doing research in the pine barrens for fifty years. They're they're really they're they've really, been at it for fifty years. They're legends in their own in their own right. What kind of research do they do? Yeah, they're they're herpetologists. So their their focus is on uh, snakes mainly, northern pine snake, corn snake, um, uh, rattlesnake. Are there rattlesnakes out there? Sure. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You ever run into one? Yeah, timber rattlesnakes. They're they're incredibly beautiful. They're, I mean, what if you, once you see one in in the wild, it, it they're really something to behold. They are really mag magnificent. Is that the word that comes to your creatures. mind when it's rattling and looking at you? Beautiful. I this well is the thing that wants to kill me. When it's not rattling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrifying little thing, the, man. The, well, you know, it, they don't want anything to do with us. You know, it's, no doubt. It's, it's more, you know, I think one person got bit in the last like 10 years and he was poking it with a stick. So, you know, if you don't do that, so you, you deserve that. You deserve that. I mean, yeah, I, you, yeah, yeah. you don't poke it with a stick. You know, I learned, I just learned the anatomy of a, a rattle and a rattlesnake. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not like, I always thought there'd be like a little ball in there, something shaking around, but it's really like the shape of these, uh, I don't know, is it like bone? I don't know. The scales. Yeah, the, the scales, scales collect every year. Yeah, and they just kind of like the way they rub against each other. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying have you found yourself ever like in any really dangerous situations while you're out there um not really in the pine barrens it's it's an incredibly safe environment with rattlesnakes even with rattlesnakes i mean there's one or two areas yeah maybe you don't want to just like go around and sit in a bush but <laughs> mostly the pine barrens is an amazingly safe environment and and for one that you can feel so isolated you know as long as you're pretty capable physically if you're out on foot you can walk out 10 miles no no problem really you know um you know there are other environments i've been in that have seemed a lot more perilous british columbia for example um what were you doing in british columbia so uh, in british columbia i was at a uh, i went to to go to a first nations pipeline resistance camp and so what they did was they built um a cabin on their on their ancestral homeland where a pipeline, um, like a tar sands pipeline, was, was slated to, to go through as a protest measure. So they were calling out for volunteers to go out and help out in winter. And winter in British Columbia, this is maybe 20 hours north of Vancouver. So it's it's pretty far north in, in Canada. What, did you just find out about this online? On the, Oh, yeah, the internet. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it sounds a, crazy. They had a great video, too. So I was like, oh, I got to go check and that out. And you just go out there. And do that. Wow. Yeah, so they have, you got to run a trap line um, because it gives them more legal rights. In Canada, a trap line has um, a lot of re legal rights associated with it. So to make it a little more challenging for the tar sands company, the tar oil company, to take away their, uh, or to create an easement through their land. Um, so they, they need volunteers to run that trap line. You go out, there's six feet of snow, right? So you need snowshoes. And if you take a step off the trail, you're down six feet, like, Whoa! Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you disappear. It felt like that. <laughs> I, I went you're down my once height. Or twice. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that was a little bit more dicey because out there they have moose. You know, you'll get bluff charged by a moose. You know, we we're on these. Man, I think down people have the wrong idea of what a moose is. I've seen some videos where it's like they're like two horses, like. They're just so huge. 
They're enormous creatures, like enormous, especially when you're sitting on like a 1970 snowmobile going like five miles per hour and this thing's <laughs> running, running towards you. Oh my God. Has that happened to you? That, that happened. Yeah. There, there's, there's, there's a girl in front of me. Somehow she levitated and then got behind me and then I was in front and, and driving the snowmobile. I don't know how that happened, but that's, Dang. that's how it went down. I <laughs> believe said, you. I'm not going to deal with this. <laughs> when a moose is chasing you, crazy things can probably happen. Did it catch up to you? So it was a bluff charge. It ran at us, and I, I kind of gunned it, you know? Uh-huh. And it, I played chicken with a moose. That's uh, what happened. And played it, chicken with a moose. <laughs> there is no other, there's no reverse on these things. It's either, <laughs> it's, it's forward or nowhere at all, so. Are they like territorial or something? Or are they? So, in the rut, it's a different story. But this wasn't in, in the rut. This was just, you know, the middle of winter. In the rut, you, the last thing you want to do is mess with a bull moose, and then even worse, actually, is in the springtime with a female moose with a with a with oh a, with, with a child cub, with a child. That's actually the most dangerous animal in Canada. A moose with child. Absolutely, yeah. People think bears, Mm-mm. moose, moose. Bears scare me too. You ever see bears where you go? Uh, I've seen grizzly bears in, seen, in Yellowstone. Have you ever seen them like hunt or kill in person? So I've seen them eat in person, but not, you know, it was, they killed something and they were, they were eating it, but I, I didn't actually see them. Have get you ever it seen the videos? I've certainly seen the videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, I think that that would be in, at least in my top five, least wanting to die if I had to die by an animal, by a bear. The way they do it is vicious. Yeah, they don't really have, like, mercy or anything like that. They yeah. don't go for the quick kill. What's the, what's the strategy? What it, there is no strategy. It just seems like beat eat you alive is the strategy. Yeah, they, they're not they're not picky, you know. They're not too picky. They're like dead alive, you know. Whatever. It's a bear; it can do whatever it wants. <laughs> I guess if it's like a, a cheater or something, you're worried about getting away eventually, so you go right for the jugular. But the right. bear just right. like they're not worried. Man, they're there's some videos where it's like I w- I can almost wish I could unsee it. It was so torturous, you know. Yeah, you don't want to be food. No, not a thing you want to be. I had salmon earlier, and <laughs> wouldn't want to be that either. No, no. So you, so that was the most. That was the biggest danger you ran into was the moose. The moose, and then you know there was like a blizzard coming in the one night, but uh, that that all worked out. Yeah. How did that work? Did you did you sleep through a blizzard? We had we had a team out in the trap line, and they were they were new. They were pretty pretty green, you know, not like real woodsy people. And uh, there's a blizzard coming in at the same time. So we had to go do a, uh, like a pickup rescue. And one of the snowmobiles broke down. And we're talking, you know, we're 30, 40 minutes away from camp by snowmobile. And then to town, it's two hours by snowmobile. There's no, there's no like get in the car and then you. Two you hours? By snowmobile into, t- into town. So, you know, when you're counting on, you know, and. 40-year-old snowmobile. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah. That you're like, all right, well. You guys are using 40-year-old snowmobiles. We, it's older than, that's like older than me. So, uh, yeah, that was a little dicey, but it worked out. Everybody got home safe. Yeah. They were a little cold, maybe a little mildly hypothermic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everybody got home safe. It all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not so bad. With If you're out in nature all the time, if that's the worst you've been through, I guess you've been pretty lucky. I think nature's a really safe place. 
I, you know, by and large, nature is is, is a lot it's a lot safer than, than I mean, the, the city environment. You know, anything yeah, I like guess that. I've been hit by many taxis on my bike back in New York City. So you're, you're probably right about that. The concrete jungle is a, a dangerous one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you messaged me, asked you uh, some things you want to talk about. You said, and I'm not really sure what you meant, but uh, you could maybe enlighten me. The issue with the U, the ACUA. Yeah. So time to time. I get myself involved in, in various controversies. And so this is one that's kind of coming online right now. So in most of Atlanta County, the ACUA services wastewater and then solid waste. So I think Hamilton has its own collection, but all the waste from Hamilton has to go to the ACUA by, by law. So even though the town collects it, they have to go deposit it at the landfill at the ACUA over um, uh, on Delilah Road. So... What's happening right now is that there's an effort underway to to cut what's called uh, waste flow control from ACUA. So instead of all the waste having to go there to their facility, the county-run authority, it could go anywhere. You know, it could be shipped out of state. It could be shipped by a private party to another landfill in state. Um, the reason that the ACUA, uh, you know, was given that waste flow control is because we had so many unregulated dump sites around Atlanta County and South Jersey and New Jersey in general. There's, I know there's one on 8th Street that's, that's closed now, but you know all those sites are leaching out toxic chemicals, right? So the idea was to really heavily control where the solid waste is, is going in our county so that we're not Sorry, drinking. Sorry, dude. For a dummy like me who really like has never really discussed much about where our waste goes, uh, can you really break this down for me? Like, yeah, what I'll, is wrong? Like, what is wrong with what they're doing? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do the, I'll do the absolute best I can. All right. Thanks, so when dude. You put, when you put something in the trash in Atlanta County, it has to go the ACUA. If you knock down a house in Atlanta County, it has to go to the ACUA. And what is the ACUA? That's the Atlanta County Utilities Authority. Basically, they handle wastewater, so sewer water, and they handle trash. And where is it's just like a, a, a big plot of land? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a plot of land. It's a facility and an institution. Um, so they have a landfill over near, over near Pleasantville Okay. Um, on the, off the Delilah Road. And all the trash in the county has, has to go there. So the effort is to, is, to, is to try to break that up because a lot of people will make money from your trash. Your trash is somebody else's coin. Why? Because you have to pay to get rid of it. So right. either the town pays or you, or you pay personally. So the ACUA essentially has a monopoly over it. And it's, a, it's, it's our institution. It's the county's institution. So... Also, dummy like me, really wondering, like, what, why? What's wrong with that? Yeah, so what happened back in the day was that there were a bunch of these private landfills, right? And the trash went there, but it was, it was unregulated. They'd bring in anything, right? And then if you live close to that, you live downstream of that, even downwind of that, then you're breathing in whatever's coming off of that landfill. Your drink, if you have a well... You're drinking whatever comes out of that landfill. If you swim in the river, you're swimming whatever comes out of that in whatever comes out of well, that landfill. Really grossed out. <laughs> yeah, and you should be. So, so that was an effort to say, okay, we gotta get a control over this. We'll give waste flow to the ACUA, and they can manage it so that we're not drinking it. 
That's his base. That's the basic. That's the bottom line. Okay, but you're saying there's a problem with the ACUA, right? So the so the problem is that there's a there's an effort underway, political effort, to take waste flow away from the ACUA. Oh, oh, so you're defending the ACUA? Absolutely. Why are they trying to do that? Well, there's there's some people that are gonna that would make a lot of money from that being broken up. So so say say you're a trash hauler, right? You don't want to bring your stuff to ACUA when you could ship it out of state for, for cheaper. Say you're a construction and demolition business. You don't want to bring your, your waste to ACUA because it might be a little bit more expensive to, to bring it there because they charge a higher fee so they can reinvest it in new technology, uh, outreach and education, get people to recycle, state-of-the-art recycling technology. So all that infrastructure that we have in Atlanta County to do recycling and education and all the rest, um, that's paid for because ACUA has waste flow control. They can charge a little bit more and be able to invest that money for the benefit of the county. That sounds like a fantastic program. I understand people would want to make money off of other ways that might be cheaper and in the end more disgusting for lack of a better word and, and unhealthy uh why would anyone agree to i mean is it the state that's in charge of these decisions like who's in charge of saying yay or nay yeah so it comes down to our county commissioners our county executive and eventually the new jersey department of environmental protection and personally I'm confused too. I don't see why anybody who's representing the people would support any kind of harm to the ACUA because of how, how good of a job they've done for us over the years. Have you ever had a problem with trash in Atlanta County? Knock on wood. I never have either. So, you know, it's No news is good news. If it's if it's not broken, yeah, yeah no, there you go. Mess with it, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. That's my perspective. But have you heard otherwise? Are people saying that they might make decisions? Oh, yeah. So tomorrow, um, which is Tuesday the 15th, there's going to be a, a meeting to, to silence. There's going to be a resolution brought up to silence the ACUA because right now they're trying to alert the public about this. So there's going to be a resolution to investigate the ACUA by the county commissioners into the money they spent in doing outreach and education. But you feel very, I mean, it sounds like you feel very confident that that money's gone in the right direction, right? I do feel, I'm totally confident. Yeah. Do you feel like when this investigation happens, say I will have nothing to hide and they'll just show that, hey, this is the way to go. Keep it. That's exactly what I think. But when you say, now you have an article, ACUA under investigation, right? So there's a messaging component here. Just the headline? This. Yeah, it's... It's, it's part of a program to once silence them, right? So they can't, because this is, this is not the easiest thing to explain to people, right? Like you, you need to be able to do some outreach and education or else. Like we were saying before, when, when it's no news, it's good news. You don't dig deeper to find out more. And so when problems arise, it's like, wait, what's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. So you, so not only do you have to reach out to people, you got to figure out how to, how do you, how do you talk about this without, you know, giving somebody a 50 page document, <laughs> you know, that's not going to work. Right. So you got to say, all right, you got to break it down and make it real simple. And I try to do that. And I think I, I think I can speak to people pretty clearly most of the time. So. I think you did fantastic with me. 
Yeah. So I'll keep I'll keep trying to I hone that it. in. But but is that what yeah. you're doing right now? Like, oh, are you doing things to to speak out? Yeah. So so we're organizing. We're organizing right now, and uh, there's a coalition building under the title uh, "People for Environmental Justice" in Atlanta County. So we're doing doing some organizing online and in person. So there's going to be showing a showing tomorrow of, of support for the ACUA and also for the people of, of Pleasantville because the first proposal is going to affect a neighborhood in Pleasantville uh, known as Douglas Park, and you know they're going to be breathing this stuff in if if the ACUA's waste flow is is broken and a new dump site is is allowed a transfer station in this case. Wow. Is there anyone who might be listening? Is there anything people can do to help? Yeah, the, the best thing to do to, to help right now is to, uh, yeah, to, just to organize with us. Um, you could reach out to me personally um, or join our, our Facebook group, Save ACUA. And that's the easiest way to, to get involved. And there. if you go on Save ACUSA. ACUA. Okay. Uh, if I go on there, hopefully everyone got that. Um, I'd find out about any type people are getting together, uh, any, any ways I could help. Yeah, we'll have events and, and uh, you know, if you want to read that 50-page document, I'll be sure to post it on there. I'm just going to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, never, I'm never surprised by people's willingness to do bad things for money, you know? And not people that you see usually to your face. It's people be, it's just people you'll never meet, never see, and they just have some kind of power that clearly they're mismanaging. So, you know, that's really the beautiful thing about democracy is that even though there's people with money, right, we, we have power as individuals with votes. The trick is we need to show up, right? And so that's where organizing comes in. Yeah, that's, a, that's the big one, right, to actually show up. So we can match whatever money power there is out there. We can match it totally. It's just it just depends on can we organize? Can we get together? Can we communicate with each other and come to a common understanding and then move towards a common purpose? Yeah. It's hard to get people motivated, but you're definitely a very charismatic dude. I think you could do it. For sure. Well, we'll find out. There's there's a, there's a couple of people that are really excellent organizers uh I'm, I'm, I'm working with Irvin and uh, Christian Moreno from, from Pleasantville, and they are, they're from El Pueblo Unido, um, Atlantic City. They, they run that group, and they are just fantastic organizers. Same with um, some folks like Kate Delaney. She runs South Jersey Democrats. She's, she's from Camden County, but she works throughout South Jersey. Um, and this is a totally bipartisan, bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. It's just she happens to be in, in, yeah, yeah. in that group. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> And, and more. So we're going to organize. We're going to build a coalition, a bipartisan, nonpartisan coalition, and work to save our institution, which benefits every single resident in, in Atlanta County. Wow, man. Most people don't even know. That's crazy. Uh, tell me about some stuff about the Horton State Force. Wharton. Wharton. Am I saying it right? Du uh, yeah, W. So Wharton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You spent a lot of time there. What yeah, so, so Wharton State Forest is, is part of the Pinelands National Reserve. This is another, like, kind of wonky thing, right? Like, so there's, there's the National Reserve, which is that 1.1 million acres. And then within that, there's these big chunks of public land. And Wharton, which is just right outside of Hamilton. It's Hamilton, actually, 
Horton is within Hamilton, part of it, um, is, is about 125,000 acres. So, you know, how much land are you on here? For, for This is five. So, so and five this is, is a lot of feels like land. a big space, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have to manage the, the state and, and, the, and the superintendent of Wharton. They have to manage 125,000 acres of land. I mean, I cut this grass, and so that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's a big job. <laughs> and they need, they need a budget, right, to, to do that. They need staff. And what we found over the last, um, say, 15 years, the staffing has actually decreased by 26%, right? And the amount of land has increased by 13%. So, so what we're seeing is a decline in the functionality of our park system, our state park system, because of those staffing cuts and other reasons. Is this because of they can't afford them or because COVID and everyone's doing their thing? Yeah, I think it's a bigger issue. And I would, I would, uh, I would probably just nail it down as the people in charge don't go outside. That's, <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. Huh? They don't go outside. So, so that is the big problem. So, so that's a huge problem when you're working with a an outdoor space. <laughs> yeah, and by by in charge, I mean uh, the people in the assembly, the senate, the governors sitting in their chairs in their office. They're inside. They're yeah. in Trenton. They don't go outside. Yeah, they don't get it. So, what the challenge is? Okay, we need to. We need to bring them outside, right? We need to bring them to Hampton, go on a blueberry farm tour, go on a wine tour, go into the Pine Barrens, um, and show them that, hey, there's great things here, and we need to support these great things because not only are they just, you know, wonderful for the everyday person, it's also an economic benefit. So Hamilton, you know, the blueberry is a big draw. Blueberry, blueberry farm is a big draw. The wineries are, are a big draw. Those are all, you know, agriculture, but there's also a recreation economic component that you could say you can come to Hamilton and access 200,000 acres of public land you know in the northeast that's an that's an amazing resource you can you can canoe for miles and miles and miles on on end if you go to Pinelands Adventures say right right up on that sign you can bike you can bike for hundreds of miles around Hamilton and you know barely go on a paved road so this this could be a real economic asset for Hamilton too, but we need to keep the park system in a state where you actually want to go to, go to it. So you have some confidence when you go out there. Maybe there's uh, a, a a map that you can feel confident you know where you're going to be. Maybe there's uh, an app where you where you know okay I, I'm here I can get back to the parking lot or whatever. Those um, would be very helpful. I don't know if the 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 average person knows what's out there and what's available and, and what they could do if they were to spend a weekend just going out to those areas and, and getting into an adventure. Yeah. It, today it takes somebody to, sh to show you, right? You have to either come on a tour or know somebody like, like, like Kevin Husta to go and actually show you because otherwise you look down that dirt road and you're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no sign. I've watched too many scary movies for this. <laughs> so that's that's the big challenge. So we, w I would love it if this if the state would say, hey, let's make this place more user friendly. You know, let's give people a way in. I would love that too. Everybody, everybody would. You know, because it's it's one, it's it's our home. You know, if you live in Hampton or, or around South Jersey, this is this is totally this is just our home, right? And it's just that. It's not being made available for people to enjoy in the way that if you have a lot of experience, you can. So I'm I'm a little privileged because I have I, I know how to do that myself, and I can take some people. But 
for the public, the mass public, you need the state to facilitate, you know, create more trails, create maybe, you know, a driving loop. You know, if you go to Forsyth, they have an 11-mile driving loop. You know you're not going to get stuck, right? It's They have an 11-mile driving loop. Yeah, right the, at, at the bird sanctuary. Yeah, the Forsyth National Whoa. Wildlife Refuge. That's really nice if you have time to get out there. That's would a, love a, to. Uh, Galloway, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have kids. Yes, I have one, yeah. Where do you, okay, uh, boy or girl? Girl. Uh, are you planning on eventually taking her exploring? Oh, I already have. Yeah, <laughs> just use <laughs> yeah. a toddler, right? Just a toddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get. That. You know, it's a little challenging, but you know. no doubt. I actually made the awful mistake of going uh, with my my three kids and my baby, pushing a stroller through these trails, and it gets bumpy. <laughs> yeah, that was a big mistake. But from a guy like you to a guy like me who wants to go out and take my kids who are eight. Uh, or now they're nine and seven and uh, five years old. Uh, what advice would you give to someone like me? Where should we go? What should we do? So, so with 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 your whole family, I would say I would say stick stick pretty local. You know, um, at at Zion um, Lake is really a great spot. Um, they have swimming there. You there's there's hiking trails there. If you have canoes or kayaks, you could put in. Um, Pinelands Adventures. I don't, but I've, I mean, I've been kayaking with friends. It would be very cool to have one of my own where I can be like, boys, we're going kayaking today. Yeah. You know, with, with like four kayaks, it's like a little bit hard to transport or whatever, but they do have rentals too. So if, if, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard canoe canoeist, you know, I'll never get in the kayak, but I'll canoe all, all day. Really? Why? You know, there's just something about the canoe. I'm just drawn to it. You know, it's like the single paddle. You're kind of up a little higher in the water. You can you can really kind of control it. You can put a dog or kids in in the front, no problem. Yeah, a bunch of stuff, a cooler, whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I want. I want to get. I want to do the canoe. So the c- canoe is nice. You, you do have to spend a little time with that paddle. You know, learn how to how to do it. Do a little steering in the back. You know, mm. but once you get it, you have it for for life. It's just like a bicycle. Seems like a killer back workout too. Yeah. I mean, once you're good at it, it's not even a workout. You're just cruising. Oh, really? You're just cru- unless you want to go fast. You yeah. Know, in which case, you know, you can kind of put it so in. So if I did, it's that, so if I got a canoe and they have canoes for rent too, if I didn't have one? Yeah, yeah. Pinelands Adventures, they, they do. Yeah. And there's there's a couple other canoe, uh, you know, rental places like Pizza Palace on the Weymouth River, down by the Weymouth Furnace, and uh, Mix out, out in Chatsworth. And so a guy like me could literally just go rent a canoe Put it on the water and go with my boys. No, no tour guide. Anything? Oh, t- oh yeah, totally. Now, now, if you're doing a canoe, I would say get a little, get a little practice time in because I see. Where a lot am of- I gonna practice, dude? <laughs> if I'm not practicing with my kids, a little, a little yeah. Well, they're they're in like I got challenge. four of them little things, dude. So it's a little hard to just get on practice canoe. I would say if you're confident, if you have physical confidence, I'd say just go for it. Very and, confident. And, and look up a couple YouTube videos. I will, you I will pretend it. confidence all day, dude. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. You know? yeah. And wear, wear swim shorts because you might go in for a Okay, second. yeah. Maybe have the kids with some uh, little life jests, life of uh, thingies, yeah, you know? That's a good call. Yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, it's a, great, it's a great time, especially in the summer. And you know, the, the best thing to do in the summer, I think, for at least for re- relaxation, if it's 90 or above, grab a tube. Grab a tube and float down the river. You don't mm. need to paddle. You don't even need to think about it. You just jump just in. Just like Lazy River. It. Lazy River, yeah. So so the, by the Weymouth Furnace, just up the road from How's here. that worked? Is it like, is there like a starting point and then there's like a little drop off? Yeah, so so if you do it through the company, 
you go to their spot, say uh, Pizza Palace right there in the Black Horse Pike, and they'll drive you in, drop you off, and then you float down river right to where you parked. But you can do it on your own, but you'll have to do two cars and kind of figure out the logistics. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little more research if you do it on your own. But if you want to pay 20 bucks for one person or, you know, whatever it is for three or four people. Is it 20 bucks a person? Yeah, I think so. Even yeah. kids? I think so, yeah. But you, right. you can get tubes for 10 bucks on Amazon or Walmart. True. Ever. Oh, you can bring yeah. your own. You can you well you can bring your own, but they'll still make you pay to, to drive. Okay, but but if you if you figure out a route either from the Weymouth Furnace down to uh, Camp Agajiska, which is Atlanta County property, you can just go and not pay anybody. So don't be surprised if I got you get some messages from me with some questions. I got all the I got all the nature tips. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, you're yep. my, you and Kevin, you're my guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. right on. Very cool. Um, before we get to the chat pack, uh, just if anyone, I don't know, I know it's not available now. Do you have any information for anyone who would want to check out your video? Yeah, you know, the easiest way to, to check out at least the trailer is to just go on vimeo.com slash Pinelands Alliance. Um, also, I, I post all the time on, on Facebook. So uh, my Facebook group is The Pine Barrens. And it's like 24,000 people in that. And they post beautiful pictures and spots all the time. So that's that's a really easy resource to kind of get started. Some of those shots of the animals, like, uh, they were really amazing, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to try to do more, too. My, my focus this summer is going to be getting more wildlife footage specifically. So, and How I, hard is that? It can be very hard. You know, it's not like Yellowstone where you just drive around or the Smoky Mountains, you just drive around like, oh, there's an elk, you know. That's not the way it works here. You really have to know exactly what you're looking for exactly what habitat it likes to be yeah, in. Yeah, you're looking for things that don't want to be found. Exactly. Yeah, t exactly. <laughs> so you really have to know the animal and all its habits. And even then, you know, I I've been trying to film a barred owl for like two years. <laughs> and it hasn't no luck, happened. It no? hasn't happened yet. Yeah, maybe maybe this spring, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you, from what I saw, I mean, I only saw a trailer, but it looked good as any nature show you would see on, you know, Animal Planet or anything. So bravo. And uh, I can't wait to see the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I'm looking forward to, to showing it. All right, dude, here I have some random questions, probably totally unrelated to nature. So point to one and I'll read it to you. All right, dude, here we go. Oh, this is totally not, has nothing to do with nature. Talking about your house. Okay. What would your dream house look like? Be as descriptive as possible. Well, I have an, a real easy <laughs> answer to that because I'm trying to build it right now. And it's just a simple two-room, three-room cabin, uh, you know, log style and simple, you know, uh, A-frame type roof, wood stove, basic kitchen, maybe a couple solar panels. That's it. That's I think I, I know exactly what your dream house would look like. That's it. Simple, simple. is the word. Yeah, simple. <laughs> there it is. No maintenance, you know, none of that. I don't want to spend any time, you know, repainting stuff, you know. Let's yeah. Fix it a roof, no shingles, you know, metal roof. Yeah. <laughs> wood all around. Wood. No drywall. Wood. None of that, you know. Question, would you have television in this house? So I like to watch movies and occasionally maybe stream some YouTube or something. Yeah. But I don't need, I don't need like broadcast TV, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All movies right. Movies are great. 
Cool answer. All right, one more, man. Dude. Oh. Oh, this is an interesting one for you. I'm wondering, wondering what you're going to say. What is your biggest pet peeve? A thing that just irks you. Is it people littering in the in the woods? That would be what I would guess. You you know it's actually it's actually pessimism. Pessimism is my biggest pet peeve because I I am like a total optimist. I think it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm wrong, you know, and the pessimists are right. But yeah, I would say pessimism is my biggest pet pet peeve. It can be done. We can do it. That's that's my that's my motto. Yeah, I'm a I'm a optimist for life too. I, I feel like it's good to have those realists around for people like us. Ooh, but the pessimist. <laughs> Come on, man. Glass is half full, sir. Yeah, yeah I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, all right, brother. Well, is there anyone out there in the world who or here just in Hamilton you want to give a shout out to before we get out of here? Well, let's see. I already covered a vet and uh, Kevin, so that's that's check. You know what? I, I'll say for now, Mayor Mayor uh, uh, DiDonato. Mayor DiDonato. Because I interviewed him, him. and and the um, and the whole the whole parks committee and the environmental committee, the green team, they're they're working on this plan to to revamp Hamilton Lake Park, which I think is just a, just such an important initiative, and they want to link it to Smith Smith Woods, which is right across Hamilton Lake. There's a trail system in there. When you say revamp, what do you mean? Yeah, so they want to invest in uh, making the park a, just a more enjoyable place. They want to have maybe a new playground. They want to do some more rain gardens, some more, you know, uh, some better trails around the lake park. Yes. Benches, better, you know, some docks, you know, some just nice things around the lake yes. park. So I, I just went to a meeting they had a couple weeks ago where they were showing, like, the basic vision plan. It's on, it's on the town's website. And I couldn't be more supportive. It's it's a great it's a great idea. And is it going forward, or is this just something they're trying to get funding for? I think this is Mayor DiDonato's main goal for 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 the remainder of his time in in office. Because really? I think he, I think he wants he said he wants it to be his, his legacy is is uh, revamped, renewed, and robust park for for Hamilton. Can't be mad at that. I'm all about it. Yeah, he's great. Great work. So. And the, just the playground too. I mean. I push for a good playground. I, gosh, I mean, it's already a, a decent one, but uh, if they up that, that would be fantastic. And oh, docks and one thing I would love is for those trails. If I if we had, you know, trails to choose from, mm, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's a great it's a great plan. I mean, I I have a lot of respect for the town of Hamilton. They've done good things, and I think this is just one more to the list to uh, you know make Hampton as as nice of a place to to live in and visit as as it can be. Right on. Good place to wrap it up. Dude, what's your last name? Howell. Howell. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jason Howell.